Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, we're going on grid. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Good morning. Wake up! The Morning Line. Line up, ladies! Well, here we go. It is Monday, fun day, October the 21st, 2019. Welcome into the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. This is the morning line as we look to get you caught up with everything that happened overnight in the world of sports plus take a look ahead as we still have one more nfl week seven football game tonight and it involves old reliable there the uh the new england patriots and tom brady traveling to metlife stadium to take on yep the New York Jets, gangrene and New England tonight. Interesting line movement all week in this game. We will break it down for you, get you ready for that coming up. But of course, we had plenty of football yesterday, plenty of football on Saturday in the college ranks. But we will start in the one place that, yes, Yankee fans do not, and I mean do not want to have to hear. And that, of course, was game six in Houston on Saturday night where the roller coaster of emotions for Yankee fans was just unbearable. It really, really was to be able to come back, uh, extend the series, first of all, after game five, to be able to make it back and have the opportunity to match bullpen against bullpen in game six while having the chance to actually force it to a game seven and certainly send Garrett Cole to the mound, which would have been a tall task anyway, having the opportunity to do that uh, would have been great. And down 4-2 in the top of the ninth, they had the opportunity to actually do that after DJ LeMayu hit the the batter's box. 3-2 pitch. Fly ball into right, back at the wall. This ball is gone for a home run. And this game is tied. Unbelievable two-run home run by LeMahieu, barely, uh, but uh, just made it over the glove of George Springer, which was great. That means, all right, we are tied. Now we go to the bottom of the ninth, and who else would you rather have in the game if you're the Yankees than Chapman? Guy throws 101, 102 miles an hour, and he gets the first couple of batters uh, to get out there. And then, uh, you know, for some reason, he walks Springer on five pitches. And then Altuve, the the second baseman, Altuve, that guy, yeah, former MVP. Yeah, he gets, uh, gets two strikes on him. And then instead of, you know, mano e mano, let me throw my 101-mile-an-hour fastball, see if you can get it. Yeah, he hangs a, uh, a snot of a slider, and this is what happened here. Altuve has just sent the Astros to the 
Keep in mind, all of that happened within a 20 to 25 minute span there from the top of the ninth to, of course, the game winning walk off home run by Altuve, sending Yankee fans, many of them, to uh, either to the bar to order a drink. If they didn't drink, maybe they started drinking at that point. It was, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't good. It just, none of it was good for Yankee fans because. Listen, Astro fans, no big deal. If they would have lost that game, hey, you got Cole in game seven. I mean, anything can happen in game seven. But I am sure Astros fans were feeling pretty good about their chances to be able to get to a game seven. But it's the Yankee fans that really, that was brutal. That was absolutely brutal. And uh, Aaron Boone actually talked about that uh, that pitch or that batting tee pitch, uh, the the BP pitch he sent to Altuve. Here's what he said. You know, that, that's obviously a pitch he's trying to not give in and probably get down and out of the zone, see if he get a chase or something, and, and he hung it. Why are you trying to get him to chase? You got a 101-mile-an-hour fastball. Send it at his eyes. The guy is five foot six. There's absolutely no reason to throw a breaking ball of any sort at that particular moment, much less over the plate. And if I'm Chapman, uh, I am, uh, yeah, it's going to be a few nights before I can, uh, I would actually be able to sleep because if there's ever been a pitch in somebody's life that they would want to get back, yeah, that would be the one because no reason for it at all. I mean, no reason to be able to try to throw a couple of breaking balls over the plate. Again, you want him to chase it. No, well, then you throw it 55 feet and you let it roll up to the plate. You do not hang it over there. And unfortunately, walk off, which means we've got a World Series set up tomorrow. Tomorrow and this week is going to be absolutely huge in the sports betting world. So the sports investor tonight will be the calm before the storm because not only Well, we have Major League Baseball World Series action beginning tomorrow in Houston. Them and the Nationals, the Astros and the Nationals getting ready to do uh, getting ready to do battle. And listen, Scherzer cold. It's not going to get much better than that. And as much as I would have loved to have seen the Yankees take it to a game seven and heck even advance. The truth is and Yankee fans can can grab solace in this. The better team won. The better team, the Houston Astros, they won. They are equipped to head into that World Series to go up against Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin. The Yankees never were, unfortunately, built for that moment. And once again, real relying on the long ball in that game six. And they were lucky enough to get it, but that was was the end of it. Uh, It did not work out well for them, but... Yankee fans should not be going thinking that the better team uh, is going home because the Yankees were not the better team. The Astros were without a doubt the better team. They are heading on to the World Series. They are favorites over the Washington Nationals. And we'll go over those prices coming up. But in addition to, yeah, in addition to the World Series, guys, we got the NBA season kicking off tomorrow. And then it won't be that long before we are talking about tournament time where college hoops makes its way back into the picture. So, calm before the storm tonight. One game on tap. That, of course, 
Monday Night Football, Jets, Patriots. We'll give a recap of everything that happened yesterday in the NFL Week 7. We'll run it down. We'll do that coming up here on The Morning Line, sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in here on this Monday, October the 21st. And uh, we're excited because, well, we got the New York Jets taking on the New England Patriots tonight. A little Monday night football to round out week seven of the NFL. And this should be a much different, I'm not sure the outcome will be different, but it should be a much different watchable game than the one just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in Foxborough, where the Jets, uh, with Luke Falk as their uh, as their quarterback, uh, went in, and if it wasn't for a botched special teams play and a pick six there, uh, yeah, the uh, they probably in all likelihood would have been shut out there as a uh, as they rolled the New England Patriots over the Jets a couple of weeks ago. But it is a different Jets team now that Sam Darnold is back. We have seen this obviously. Last week, when the uh, when the Cowboys uh, came to town at MetLife Stadium and Sam Darnold and the Jets uh, walked away with the victory. And they've got it tonight, too, as this line opened up at nine and a half tonight for this game. And it's hovered right around there. A couple of nines. uh, It's really hovered right around that nine and a half mark, just under the double digit threshold there. The over under remains somewhere around 43, 43 and a half. Uh, tickets obviously favor New England, and other than that, really, it's kind of been it's. There are some Jets tickets being written here with the points, so there is certainly a public uh, public perception of New England will beat the Jets. Jets haven't beat New England in a million years, and the ticket count and the uh, and the dollar count certainly support that the public is behind the New England Patriots, but. There are some tickets and there are some money being bet here on the New York Jets to be able to cover this game tonight at nine and a half points, nine and a half, depending on the line that you got. So will they or won't they be able to do it? Well, we'll dive into some of those numbers uh, coming up here. But first, speaking of the Cowboys, we had a little late night Sunday night football. And how would I describe this NFC East battle last night where the Cowboys at home coming off of that loss to the New York Jets, taking on a Philadelphia Eagle team who also embarrassed their last time out, giving up 30 or more points there. So would they be able to correct it? After all, Doug Peterson told us last week, don't forget, yeah, we're going to go and win in Dallas. We're going to Dallas and we are going to win. And of course, that sparked a frenzy of people going, he's proclamating that they're going to win. Oh, my God, he's calling it. Well, he just basically said his team was going to be good enough to win. Well, the question is, was he right? And the answer you'll find in the highlights here. Skandrick, 10 years, a cowboy, a little flip here. Goes to Tavon Austin, inside the five. 
Yeah, if you were keeping track at home there, that was a lot more Cowboy highlights than it was actual uh, Philadelphia Eagle highlights. And what wasn't in there, of course, was the Eagles starting off the game on their first two possessions, fumbling the ball. Yes, yes, Carson Wentz had a hard time fumbling the ball and holding on to it with all that rain in de- no wait a minute um Dallas is indoors so no he just fumbled the damn ball in the first two possessions giving the Cowboys the opportunity really to take control of this game and they just ran over the Eagles 37 to 10 last night uh Dak Prescott totally different Dak Prescott than what we witnessed of course a week ago Uh, at MetLife Stadium against the Jets. Uh, One other key bit of information here is that Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, the offensive line for Dallas, fully played last night. I don't say they're fully healthy, but they certainly were in the lineup last night. Amari Cooper back in the lineup last night. So the Cowboys had their full complement of weapons and offensive linemen and the defense. They came out to play, but once again, and we get this every year from from uh, we get this every year from the Dallas Cowboys uh, and Jason Garrett. We don't know what Cowboys team is going to show up week to week. We only keep our fingers crossed, and we hope. But the Cowboys, the real Cowboys, according to Cowboy fans, uh, showed up last night, and after a three-game losing streak, a lot of talk. This week about Jason Garrett losing his job. Would he be back? Well, they demolished a division rivalry there in the NFC East and just smoked him. Now, questions are going to turn, of course, to the Philadelphia Eagles, who guys have looked absolutely putrid in the last couple of weeks. In fact, this is the first time that in the Doug Peterson era, the Eagles have given up consecutive 30-point games they got run over and I mean absolutely run over by Ezekiel Elliott um you know you've got uh, Dak Prescott you've got Tavon Austin they just had their way last night and also took advantage of three turnovers by Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles just did not show up to play not to mention that the Eagles defense is in shambles, guys. Absolute shambles. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I know they're they're dealing with a whole lot of injuries on that defensive side of the ball. But they had a guys just standing in place, pointing fingers at each other last night in the secondary. It is not good. And I will say this though: the Cowboys are now four and three in what is just a laughable division filled with two teams called the Giants. And the Washington Redskins, who are a combined 3-11 and on the season. And we'll get to those games coming up. But I think it's safe to say you can cross off uh, those two teams there as 
worrisome for the Dallas Cowboys. They are clearly right now the best team in the NFC East, and it doesn't get any easier for the Eagles, by the way. Their schedule they have uh, coming up here, they've got consecutive games at Buffalo, who are 5-1. and one. They got Chicago at 3-3. Three and three. Then they're home against the 6-0 and oh Patriots, and then finally they're home against the 5-2 and two Seahawks. So, again, that defense for now until they can start getting some uh, some healthy players out there. That is a gauntlet, guys. Buffalo, Chicago, Patriots, Seahawks are the next, uh, next in line taking up the Philadelphia Eagles. And now that the Cowboys are 4-3, four and 4-3 four and three teams have made the postseason 51% of the time since uh, since... 2002. And while the Eagles are now three and four, keep in mind, Eagle fans, that just 14% of teams who start the year three and four are able to make it to the playoffs. So the Cowboys took control of that horrific division yesterday and last night, rather. So they uh, things are looking up. If we get that Cowboys team on a consistent basis, then, yes, things are going to be very good for the Cowboys. However, you know, I know, everybody knows that the Cowboys, what they gave us last night is what they are capable of. But ultimately, whether or not we get that on a consistent basis, yeah, now that's a that is a whole different animal. But they won. And more importantly, for those of you that backed them, yeah, they covered uh last night in that game 37 to 10 easily too by the way as a three-point home favorite the total uh which really drove a lot of people crazy yesterday uh last night those of you that bet it at 49 and a half or 50 it really doesn't make a difference you didn't win because of the fact that the eagles just could not could not put it together, turnovers, and just uh, just lost opportunities. The Cowboys did their part. They scored 37 points, but they just couldn't put an extra field goal on the table there to help those that had the over tickets last night. The under hits. So when it was all said and done yesterday, favorites, dogs, did the dogs continue to bite? Well, we'll talk about who won that yesterday. The dogs did bark. Coming up next here in the morning line, sportsgrid.com. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. So with the NBA season beginning tomorrow, you can certainly become Daily Roto's eighth Daily Fantasy Millionaire and dunk on your NBA DFS competition and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Now compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. It is the most accurate projection 
in NBA DFS. Plus, you get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice. The promo code DUNK. That's dailyroto.com forward slash dunk. You can learn more. That's dailyroto.com forward slash dunk and get your 10% off now. And remember, dailyroto.com is where millionaires are made. And I want to welcome you in here to the grid, sportsgrid.com. It is the morning line. I'm Joe Ranieri on this Monday. I want to invite you guys also to follow us on YouTube and Instagram at sportsgrid TV. That's at sportsgrid TV. Always great content, always great stuff being posted on both YouTube and Instagram here at SportsGrid TV. All right, as we continue to move along there, yesterday in the NFL, week seven, boy, what were we going to get? Because the dogs have dominated here, guys. The dogs have absolutely dominated. It's been the theme through the first six weeks of the NFL season. Would it continue was the big question mark surrounding yesterday's slate. And oftentimes in an NFL season, there is the uh, we do see, especially early on, an awful lot of underdogs win because the market has to adjust. You know, sometimes the markets, they're not as uh, as quick to be on top of fading some teams or a little undervaluing uh, of some while some teams get overvalued. It usually takes around week five in order for the markets to adjust accordingly. But they had not uh, coming into last week. The the This week here, week seven, was crazy. Dogs have dominated the first six weeks of the regular season to the tune of just about 61% against the number, which is unheard of. Was it going to continue yesterday? Well, the answer is, yeah, no. It did not continue yesterday because favorites finally started to come around, at least from the uh, from the standpoint of winning straight up too. we didn't have any more of those uh, outright outright dog money line hammers that uh, that people have been enjoying. Well, at least the books have been enjoying here. It has been a cash windfall for sports books around the country. As we know what happens, the majority of. of the public bets, they love favorites. Well, they just they haven't been cashing. Uh, yesterday, not so much. Favorites nine and three straight up, seven and five against the number. They are now ten and three straight up and eight and five against the number so far in week seven. Again, one more game here tonight between the Jets as an underdog taking on the New England Patriots. However, road teams continue to dominate eight and five straight up and against the number. How about the totals? Well, the totals heading to tonight's Monday night uh, matchup, 6-6-1. Six, six, Dogs, 59-43-2 against the number. Now 57.8% on the season, which is still amazing. And road teams, even more exciting. 63-38-2 against the number. That is 63%, guys. Road teams still getting the job done against the number here. 63% unders. Have the edge overall this NFL season through week seven, 54, 50, and one. But yes, the favorites uh, did manage to come through, including uh, the Chiefs Thursday night cover and win uh, on the road against the uh, the Broncos. And this is now the first week of the season in which favorites 
have actually been profitable. So it was a good day yesterday for Joe Public, who no doubt backed a lot of the favorites that we saw win yesterday. And it's interesting, too, one of the biggest and easiest favorites to cover yesterday. How about them Rams, huh? The uh, the Los Angeles Rams, and there is one surefire way to get yourself off a losing streak and be able to get yourself back in the W column. And the easiest way to do it is travel to Atlanta and take on the Atlanta Falcons, who looked absolutely miserable uh, yesterday. And I mean miserable, uh, not only on offense, but also on defense, as Arthur Blank has is trying to do his best to support uh, head coach Dan Quinn, but it is quite obvious the team uh, is just not hearing him. Uh, It is a lost season, to say the least. And Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, had made it known that he will uh, will reevaluate come week nine and the bye, and I think we all know who he'll be reevaluating at that point. But it was also the first game on tap for the newly acquired Jalen Ramsey, whose back was just an amazing turnaround. Back issues over the last couple of weeks could not play, in fact, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That that darn back just could not seem to get it right. But boy, did he play yesterday. And boy, oh boy, did uh, did he help. In fact, he was asked after the game, what did he think of his first game as a Los Angeles Ram? I feel like I played uh, okay. I got to get in my groove a little bit more. Um, it's just uh, like maybe, maybe one, maybe two plays that I wanted to have back or play a little bit different. But um, I thought it was good. I want to get into a groove. Yeah, uh, he got into a groove because he shut down Julio Jones and anybody else. In fact, they had uh, they didn't even have 160 yards of offense uh, combined. That being the Atlanta Falcons, Uh, Matt Ryan ended up getting hurt and crushed like he has been all season long. That offensive line is terrible. Uh, You had uh, you had people trying to uh, you had running back trying to fight. Uh, Aaron Donald ends up getting thrown out there. Devonta, like I don't it's just a mess in Atlanta right now. So the fact that they were only a three-point favorite, a road favorite yesterday. It was certainly a great opportunity for people, minus 170 on the money line. It's a big opportunity for folks to be able to cash in on the Rams yesterday. And a couple of other uh, teams that, uh, that cashed in if you were backing them as favorites were, and speaking of Jalen Ramsey, how about his former team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, were laying four, four and a half, and they didn't uh, didn't matter. Uh, in fact, uh, they outplayed and took a lot of turnovers for the uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals and turned them into some points there as they won 27 to 17 as a four and a half point favorite uh, on the road. The Jags, which, again, road teams continue to uh, to win games here in the NFL through seven weeks. Also. How about the New Orleans Saints, huh? who were also on the road in Chicago, Teddy Bridgewater. And even though they were an underdog, they were getting four points, four and a half points there around the league. The public loved the Saints. They were hammering the Saints. It was the Sharps, the uh, the professional betters, the big money guys. They were the ones that were on the Chicago Bears. And it did not, and I repeat, did not work out for the uh for the sharps in here the public 
definitely cashed in by backing the Saints yesterday. And also, those of you that uh, that thought this game was going to be low scoring, it was. Even lower. The total was the lowest on the board, lowest that we have seen all season long, I believe. It closed somewhere around 36 and a half, 37. Yeah, um, let's just say how it ended up, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they scored that many points themselves, that being the Saints. 36 to 25 as the offensive woes continue for the Chicago Bears. A lot of people scratching their heads going, what is this team? Get rid of Trubisky. You got to stop with this whole thing already. Matt Nagy catching some flack, and rightfully so. And I don't blame that Bears defense. Maybe you're saying, wow, how does a Bear defense now get lit up in London a couple of weeks ago by the Raiders offense? But now they get lit up by a Saints team at home who – didn't have Alvin Kamara, doesn't have Drew Brees. Like, what in the world? Yeah, I uh, I don't blame the Bears defense. It did get away from them at uh, in the second half, but I can't blame them because they were the ones on the field the entire damn time. Uh, three and outs, uh, four and out. There were so many three and outs and turnovers on possessions that just – They could get nothing going against that Saints defense at home. And it wasn't because guys weren't open. It was simply because Mitchell Trubisky, awful. You know, just absolutely awful. You can't run on them. And he was uh, sailing balls over the heads of open wide receivers all game long. So if it wasn't for a Cordell Patterson 103-yard kick return, uh, kickoff return there early on, this game was... uh, this game was a beatdown, as was, and this was a fun game, and those of you that backed the over yesterday, how about the Minnesota Vikings, also a public favorite yesterday, laying two and a half points on the road, playing Detroit. You weren't sure what you were going to get from Detroit in this spot at home, coming off of that Monday night loss, which the refs certainly had a hand in. Uh, but what were you going to get here? And what you got was a decimated Detroit Lions uh, defense where guys were going down left and right. Darius Slay gone with a hamstring pull uh, early on in that game. A lot of the frontline starters went down, the linebacking crew. And then ultimately what you had was Kurt Cousins lighting up the Lions defense, certainly in the secondary. Uh, 42 to 30 was the final in that game. So those of you that were backing the Vikings as a short road favorite, Congratulations. Also, those of you that decided that this game was going to see a few points, you were correct. 72, in fact, as 40, uh, 42 to 30, as Matt Stafford did his best to try and keep these guys, uh, keep his team in the mix. But the problem with the Detroit Lions is they can't run the ball. And if you can't run the ball, then you're going to ask Matt Stafford. Uh, to have to throw the ball 50 times a game to win. And it just, it, it hasn't worked so far in his career. I'm not sure why they think that would work now, but they better figure out how to run the ball. All right, a couple of more games on the slate. We'll go over how did you do. Plus, we'll take a look at tonight's Monday night football game. Coming up, the morning line. 
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fun day here. I can't believe it. October the 21st, 2019. Welcome into the grid, sportsgrid.com. Uh, I'm Joe Ranieri. It is the morning line as we continue our recap of uh, yesterday's NFL Week 7. The games that saw a awful lot of uh, favorites finally cash, which means the public finally cashed in uh, yesterday as it's been all about the dogs through the first Six weeks of the NFL season. I mean, we gave you the numbers, guys. Dogs were cashing in uh, thus far at around 61%. So contrarian bettors, one of the hardest things to be really good at uh, in the sports betting universe, is uh, we're absolutely uh, cashing in. And when I mean cashing in, I am talking about uh, big time cashing in to the point of uh, right around 61%. And this is a uh, this is a good gambling you too, which is to remind folks that while the first six weeks of the NFL season has certainly favored the underdogs, which means it has also favored the professional betters who go against the grain. And we've told you, and it's a good reminder here, guys, that you understand in a 17-week season here in the NFL. This usually almost always levels itself out. So you won't have just such a dynamic uh, spread there where underdogs are going to win 60, 62, 63 percent of the time throughout a season. What happens in a football season is ultimately the cream does rise to the top and the markets will adjust over time to the teams that were a for the most part overvalued. And B, teams that were undervalued. Eventually, the market catches up and they meet somewhere in the middle. And that's when all of a sudden the NFL becomes, yeah, a very difficult place. Point spreads tend to be spot on as the season continues to grow. It does not get easier. It gets harder. But one of the hardest things to be as a better and somebody not just doing it recreationally because you want more action on the game or that you want it to be a little more interesting. I'm talking about those that are looking to make a profit from sports investing. And one of the hardest things to do for guys just getting into it is understand the contrarian better, understanding that the public has great tendencies. We know that the public, two things are going to be true with them. They will often always bet the favorite. They are going to take the favorite. They're going to look at records. They're going to look at spreads. And they're just going to say, well, this team is favored by four. So they must be better than the team that they are playing. You've got one team that has five wins. You've got another team that has two wins. Well, the five-team win must be better. So what happens is we know the majority of the $5, $10, $20, $25 tickets 
they are going to be written on favorites. And and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that except for the fact that the money lies, making money, real money, consistent money in sports betting, the money always lies with being able to back the underdogs. And it is one of the hardest things to do. So not only will they back the uh, uh, back favorites, they're also going to be backing things like high totals, big scoring. Because why? Well, they want scoring. Nobody wants a 10-3 game. Nobody wants what you got in Washington yesterday with a 9-0 victory in the slop mud bowl there in uh, in Washington, D.C. The public wants scoring, so their tendencies are to back favorites and to back overs. So being a contrarian better is all about saying, well, the public wants me, everyone on the public is going left, I'm going to go right. So while the public through six weeks of this NFL season has been getting their asses handed to them, which means the books have been making money, the contrarian better. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been cashing right up until, of course, this week where we watch things level out a little bit as favorites were the big winners this weekend as opposed to the underdogs. And the money in, the consistent money to be made in sports betting, it comes from the ability of you going against everything that you have been Everything that's ingrained in you, uh, going well. This team is, this team is obviously worse than this team. So there's no way I can bet them. What do you mean? They're favored for a reason. They have five more wins. They've got whatever it is. You have to be willing to make a bet and go against the grain and back the underdog, even if you don't think they're a better team. They don't have to be a better team over the long haul. They just have to be better that day. And they don't have to win. They've got to cover. But you have to be willing to make those bets and go against what everything it is that we have been taught. That, you know, there's a reason you are what your record says you are. Well, that's true. But again, I don't, I'm not betting you long term. I'm betting you uh, four hours on a Sunday. I need you to be better during those four hours. And that's where the money has, that's where the money really starts to come flowing in for you on a consistent basis. Being able to be contrarian and to take the not, but the team that's not better. It's not. Take advantage of the market, take advantage of everything that you know and go, you know what? The dog is the play here. Let's go against the grain. And you listen, you also have to be willing to lose those bets because they're not going to win. They're not favorites. They're not favorites for a reason. But you got to be willing to place that bet and willing to risk the money because in the long haul, again, if you're in this in the long haul, the money is in dogs and being able to go against the grain. And for the first six weeks, those bettors have been crushing it. So yesterday, not so much, as we told you, as we went down the list here, where uh, teams like the, you know, the Bears, the Vikings, uh, the Jags, the Packers uh, took care of business as a five and a half, six point favorite at home over the Raiders. Uh, They destroyed them as Aaron Rodgers proved to the world once again that he is, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Although I will say this, I'm pretty impressed with Aaron Rodgers from the standpoint of he's taking a page out of Tom Brady's book finally. And he doesn't really care who he's throwing the ball to. 
Uh, he distributed, I believe, to seven or eight receivers yesterday in that game against the Raiders. The Raiders had absolutely no answer for Aaron Rodgers. Couldn't get any pressure on him. He had all day to throw the ball, and he picked him apart. But even with Devontae Adams out, his, uh, his number one receiver, and a whole bunch of guys that you'd have no idea who they are, yeah, he finally went the Tom Brady route. Uh, Tom Brady's been doing that for 20 years. Doesn't make next man up. It doesn't matter who's out there. Run the route, catch the ball, you're good to go. And it looks like uh, he has finally done that as opposed to being so dependent on a Jordy Nelson, so to speak, or a Randall Cobb. Or, you know, in years past, it's been my guy or bust for Aaron Rodgers. But this year with Matt LaFleur, the head coach, it appears that he's willing to divide the ball up and he doesn't really care who's out there catching passes. So if he doesn't care, if that's going to be his game plan, then keep that in mind as you get ready to uh, to bet on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers moving forward. Now, obviously, the Redskins yesterday, we talked about contrarian betters and we told you, uh, listen, nobody wants a 9 nothing game, which is what you got there against the 49ers. But the Redskins were the biggest cover for those contrarian betters, guys willing to go against the grain. Because uh, they didn't cover. It was 9 nothing. The the spread was 10. It was 10. San Francisco was a 10-point favorite. And, yeah, two only two out of 10 bets, guys, were brave enough to back the Washington Redskins getting 10 points. Uh, our play here, my play here on the uh, on the Pro Football Today yesterday, I told you it was my play of the day, was the under in this game that I just didn't see how Washington was going to score points. I, and Well, they didn't. Uh, what I didn't take into consideration was just how uh, bad the field was and how inept uh, the offense was. Uh, 9 nothing could have been 12 nothing if, of course, a field goal wasn't missed early on by the 49ers, but could have, should have, would have. Uh, the bottom line is only two out of 10 bets, two out of every 10, were backing the Washington in the points. So once again, favorable, contrarian outcome, cashes, wasn't all favorites uh, yesterday. So they were uh, those that backed Washington plus the points. Congratulations there. Also, those that backed the Arizona Cardinals getting three and a half points at MetLife Stadium against the Giants. There were a number of people who were taking uh, Big Blue yesterday, not only from the standpoint of the spread, they were willing to lay to three, three and a half, yeah, but they were also willing to take the over, which was hovering around 50 points, expecting a monster shootout between two bad defenses and two rookie quarterbacks who seemed to be throwing the ball all over the field. Well, uh, yeah, did not work out that way, by the way, for the Giants or the Redskins, because both of the uh, number one draft picks for their respective teams didn't have great games. It, it was not about Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray lighting each other up. It was about the Arizona Cardinals defense, who what a difference a player makes. Patrick Peterson returned after a six game suspension yesterday, igniting that defense who looked completely different with him there in that lineup uh, as opposed to prior there. It was it was a monster game for them. Chandler Jones, they sacked Daniel Jones nine times in the game. It was a mess. It was the defense of the Cardinals that won out. It wasn't that uh, Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones lit him up, although 
They did win the turnover battle, the Cardinals did, as the Giants continue to turn the ball over and continue to get questionable decision-making and play-calling from Pat Shermer, their head coach. But if you back the Cardinals, boom. If you back the Ravens, also getting three points on the road against the uh, a likely MVP candidate, Russell Wilson, you were rewarded as well taking those points. Seahawks uh, lost 30-16. to 16. All of a sudden, that 12th man not nearly as intimidating as, uh, as it was in years past. The Colts were a small home favorite. Uh, Laying a point and a half. A lot of people on the Texans train got derailed yesterday. Like that Texas train derailed. Been working on that all week. So the Colts uh, laying one and a half. Boom. You guys uh, also were rewarded by backing the Colts at home coming off a bye week. And for the love of everything that is football, can we please admit that Frank Reich is a good coach and that Jacoby Brissett is not just a game manager can we can we start moving on past that, guys? Andrew, who? Yes, his team is for real and finally healthy, including having their captain on the defense back, Darius Leonard. Uh, the Colts have now taken control of that AFC South division as they are clearly a team that uh, is on a mission. Titans. How about Titans yesterday? If you back the Titans laying two and a half, which I thought I was the only one, everyone else kept telling me how the Chargers were going to go into Tennessee and that Tennessee is hot garbage. And, well, they are on many aspects. But um, there are hot garbage teams, and maybe the biggest of them all is the Chargers, who will always, I repeat, always find a way to lose the game. And yet we seem to have somehow forgotten that. And that, oh, yeah, Ryan Tannehill. He can look like a Hall of Fame quarterback for stretches, guys. He certainly did yesterday. Lighten up that San Diego defense, bringing the Titans back to victory thanks to a Melvin Gordon fumble. We'll have more on all of these games. Plus, we'll take a look at tonight's Monday Night Football game coming up as we look to make it rain here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I overslept. Look, I need your help. Here's what you missed on the morning line. I know they're, they're dealing with a whole lot of injuries on that defensive side of the ball, but they had a guys just standing in place, pointing fingers at each other last night in the secondary. It is not good. And I will say this, though. The Cowboys are now four and three in what is just a laughable division filled with two teams called the Giants and the Washington Redskins, who are a combined three and 11 on the season. And we'll get to those games coming up. But I think it's safe to say you can cross off. Uh, those two teams there as uh, worrisome for the Dallas Cowboys. They are clearly right now the best team in the NFC East, and it doesn't get any easier for the Eagles, by the way. Their schedule they have uh, coming up here, they've got consecutive games at Buffalo, who are 5-1. and one. They got Chicago at 3-3. Three and three. Then they're home against the 6-0 and oh Patriots, and then finally they're home against the 5-2 and two Seahawks. So, again, that defense for now until they can start getting some uh some healthy players out there that is a gauntlet guys buffalo chicago patriots 
Seahawks are the next uh, next in line taking up the Philadelphia Eagles. And now that the Cowboys are four and three, four and three teams have made the postseason 51% of the time since uh, since 2002. And while the Eagles are now three and four, keep in mind, Eagle fans, that just 14% of teams who start the year three and four are able to make it to the playoffs. So the Cowboys took control of that horrific division yesterday and last night, rather. So they uh, things are looking up. If we get that Cowboys team on a consistent basis, then, yes, things are going to be very good for the Cowboys. However, you know, I know, everybody knows that the Cowboys, what they gave us last night is what they are capable of. But ultimately, whether or not we get that on a consistent basis, yeah, now that's a that is a whole different animal. But they won. And more importantly, for those of you that backed them, yeah, they covered uh, last night in that game. 37 to 10 easily, too, by the way, as a three point home favorite. The total, uh, which really drove a lot of people crazy yesterday, uh, last night, those of you that bet it at 49 and a half or 50. It really doesn't make a difference. You didn't win because of the fact that the Eagles just could not, could not put it together. Turnovers and just uh, just lost opportunities. The Cowboys did their part. They scored 37 points, but they just couldn't put an extra field goal on the table there to help those that had the over tickets last night. The under hits. 